Welcome to the new podcast for WGTS 91.9's Gateway Fellowship, a place that is about inspiring hope. You can find out more about us and hear more messages at mygatewayfellowship.com. So we're talking about getting out of the boat and walking on water. This is based from a parable in Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 through 32. And a lot of you guys have heard this many, many times. But to put it, let's just paraphrase it just in, in, in for the essence of time. Disciples are in a boat. These are fishermen. They've done this all their lives. You've heard this a thousand times before. They've done it every single day. They've been on, on calm waters. They've been on stormy waters. They're used to storms. They're used to peace. They're just used to it. They're fishermen. It's what they do. So they're, they're, they're in their boat one night, and they're just kind of cruising along. They're without Jesus. Jesus went away by himself to go and pray, which is tangent number one. Make sure every day you spend some time alone to pray. Because you need that. I need that. Don't let that take away from corporate prayer. But also don't ever neglect that you need time alone with God. If Jesus needed it, you need it. That's another sermon in itself. So these disciples are floating down. And this crazy storm comes up. And they're, they're pretty, pretty scared. You know, the waves are rocking. It's going bananas waves are there and for the fishermen to get upset you know that it had to be something and then lo and behold what did they see walking on these crazy crazy waters there's jesus just cruising taking a nice little stroll on the water now sometimes we just lose the magnitude of what that actually means that god is just walking on the water the disciples are terrified, it says. They, they can't believe it. Who is this? It's late at night. Jesus is walking on the water. They don't know who it is. They just see this thing moving, and they're, they're so terrified. And then he says, don't be afraid. It's me. And then Peter says, Peter, second best name in the scriptures, says, God, if that's you, tell me to come to you, and I'll do it. And Jesus says, come on. There's 11 other disciples here, and Peter steps out of the water and walks to him. And then what happens? He loses faith, okay? He starts to sink after a while. He says, as soon as his eyes left Jesus, starts looking at the way, like, wait a second, dude, I'm walking on water right now. (laughs) This is a little crazy. He starts to sink. And he cries out to God, Lord, Lord, save me, please. And what does Jesus do right away? Jesus don't say, mm. <laughs> you know, you, Peter, see, I'll get someone else. You know, no, right away. Picks him up. And there's this whole new concept. It says, the scripture says that the disciples just worshiped him. They couldn't believe it. They had this whole new idea of Jesus. That here he is walking on the water. Now, what we're going to talk about for the next couple of weeks is God's invitation to us to walk on water. Now, um, walking on water is going to mean different things for each and every one of you. But what we know is that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And hey, I guess if it really is your destiny to walk on some actual physical water, maybe one day you will. But I don't think that's what we're getting at. I don't want you to leave this place and say, I'm going to go try to, you know, walk on the pool or something. I mean, unless God were to say, you know, do that. And, and then let's talk after that. 
Um, but this is, is essentially a story of obedience. It's a parable of our trust with God. It's a parable of God's power in our lives and his power over creation. This is one little second little tangent. Did you know that in the Jewish culture, many, many believe that the water was also affiliated with the demonic world and hell? familiar with the story of the possessed man and he's you know he's possessed no one can hold him anymore they chained him up they locked him up and then jesus comes in and is like hey peace be still come out and those demons come out and say, what's your name we're legion there's these thousands of you know demons and he puts them in the pigs you remember this any of you guys remember the story and then what then, then what do they beg for him to let him go into the water they drive us into the water so there was this superstition of the, the water and this, you know, having an association with hell. And there's a lot of sim- symbolism in this. You can imagine if you're, you know, in Jesus' time, and this is kind of your superstition, like, oh, watch out. Like, that's the water. But stay away. And what is Jesus doing? He's walking all over it. Do you just let that sink in a little bit? Okay. So here we go. Point number one. Jesus is on the water. And Jesus and Peter waits for Jesus' call before he gets out the boat. Said this before a little while ago. But Peter says, look, Jesus, if that's you, tell me to come to you and I'll come to you. And Jesus says, come. Notice Peter didn't just jump out the boat and go, you know, like that. He just waited. That was a crazy jump. (laughs) He waited. Lord, I want to hear you say, come, and then I'll do it. And that's a really important point for us. He didn't, he didn't just go off of his own, but he waited and he listened. Now, in this case, Jesus said right away, come on. But oftentimes, God takes his time before you are clear in what the Lord is moving in your life. And it's so important, guys, that we wait on the Lord for his leading and for his moving in our lives. Sometimes we go off of our feelings. And we feel, you know what? I just, I can't tell you as a youth pastor, especially when I was a youth pastor, how many people, you know, how many high school kids said they were in love. I'm going to marry this person. I just love them. It's, you know, we're going to get married, Pastor Pete. Senior year, Pete, she left me. You know, it, it breaks all the time. We go off these feelings and then it's like, you know, oftentimes our feelings can be deceptive sometimes. You know what I'm talking about? Does anyone know what I mean? Where you felt like, I got to do this. I, I know this is right. I know this is right. And maybe you weren't completely, you know, patient with God and faithful and you just kind of went on your own. And then, and yeah, okay, Mama God is here. You know, you went on your own, and then what happens is then there's this kind of backfire on us because we should have, what we should have done was wait and said, Lord, if this is really what you want me to do, tell me to do it, and then I'll come. You know, then I'll do it. But if, you, if it's not you, I'm going to wait until you call me. This is, this is you, you know, some, so many times we, we just, we skip that step. And I remember this story, and I got to share this again, that, you know, so many times we go off of feelings. And I remember as a new Christian, had a, had a pastor friend, and he told me about this, uh, you know, this awesome verse. And it's found in Ezekiel 49, verse 11, that says that God, will, basically paraphrasing, that God will just and shine through your feelings, and he'll tell you which way to go. Does that sound like good news? Right? Amen? Well, the truth is, you, some of you remember, that verse does not even exist. <laughs> and I remember sitting there thinking, what? He said that, you know, Ezekiel forty nine eleven. yeah. 
just listen to your feelings. God will bless you through your feelings. He said, no, that didn't even exist. You got to know the truth. Like, go and look up Ezekiel 49, 11. You'll see nothing there. You know what I mean? And you feel like you can trust me, but you can't trust me because I'm Mexican. It's like, no. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'm just joking. But you know, you kind of get what I'm going at, guys. Um, you, you can trust me as, much, as best as you can. You know, I'll do my best. And I'll make sure if I tell you scripture that doesn't exist, I'll tell you, this is fake. <laughs> but, I mean, it's important for us to wait, to check it out, and then to move. You with me? Simple point. Simple point. You want to walk on the water? You want to go do something impossible? Just make sure you're in line with God before you do it. Okay, because there is something that you're supposed to do, and it may be outrageous. It may be something huge and abnormal, but just make sure you're in line with God's will so you're not that guy who comes back a couple years later. Man, you were right, dude. I should have just waited. I should have just waited. So we listen to God, and when he says to go, we go. So here's what I want you to get from it. Be bold enough to ask God for big things. But be even bolder and faithful enough to listen for God's voice first. Be bold to ask for big things, but be bolder to wait until he says, okay, you with me? All right, simple little point. But I think, I think it's really important for, for us today in this world because, you know, you'll, you'll be frustrated with your job. You know what? I just feel like I got to get out of this and start my own business and blah, 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 blah. And next thing you know, you're like, I should have held on to this job until it was time. You know what I mean? So just, just wait, slow down. John Mowry is here. So here's the, other, the next second point. Second point. You know, trusting Jesus and being obedient is worth the risk. It's funny because, you know, you look at, you look at this story, and for the longest time, I was the same way. I, I look at Peter. I think he's so super-duper cool because he has my name, and my name is cool. And I want that name to, like, be awesome and just keep going. And, like, this guy just kept on walking, you know. And, and to, to be fair to the, to, to the scriptures, that there's, there is this space. We don't know exactly how long Peter was just focused on Jesus. You know, it doesn't say like, and then just like a two seconds later, you know, for a minute, Peter could have got out that water and be like, this is awesome. And he's just focused on Jesus. And they're like, you know, on the waves, dancing, having a good time. Who knows what they did? But then eventually, eventually, what did he do? He noticed everything around him. And I wish so bad that that wasn't the case. You know, I wish so bad that Peter would have just been focused the whole time and the story would have ended with then Peter got back on the water and then, you know, it would be a blessing to name your son Peter forever and ever and ever. But instead, what you see is Peter is actually human just like you and me. Because oftentimes we're focused for a while, but then what happens? Life creeps in and creates these waves, these little ripples around us and you lose Focus, And you guys know what I'm talking about. I mean, real stuff that can rock your world and just shake your faith. I've seen people that I know are strong believers that have a, a prayer life that I long for. But even them, so many times they can fall because the storm, you know, it seems like the enemy knows what will kind of grab us away. And everybody has that thing. And he knows what that thing is. So he's trying to push us. But what I want to say to you tonight is that following Jesus and being obedient is worth the risk of failing. Now, let me explain what that means. You know, to understand 
what failing actually means. You got to kind of look at the concept and the definition of what that word means and what your perspective is. And in the book, John Ortberg says this. He, he, he says this about failure. He says, failure is not an event. It's rather a judgment of an event. Let me repeat that. Failure is not an event. It's rather a judgment of an event. Failure is not something that happens to us or a label that we attach things to. It's the way that we think about particular outcomes of situations. And then I love this, this example that he gives. He talks about Jonas Salk. Hey, anyone familiar with Jonas Salk? Okay, I wasn't. Um, Jonas Salk developed the vaccine for polio. Exactly. But before he got the final product that actually worked, he had 200 attempts that failed. 200 attempts that failed. All right? So he was asked by someone, how does it feel to to fail 200 times? And his response was that he didn't believe in the word failure. Instead, he referred to these attempts as 200 successful ways not to cure (laughs) polio. So, so maybe our idea of failure has to depends on our perspective of what that actually means. Maybe failure is not so much that, oh, you know, it's a complete waste of time. But if you can grow from a failure, how awesome is that? How many of you know that some of the worst mistakes that you've made and some of the worst times of your life that were a result of some of the bad choices that you've made, that if you are to look honestly and reflect on those times, you would see that that was perhaps the most growth that you've had in a very long while. Because when you hit the ground and when you get a chance to say, you know what, this is not working. I'm walking in the walls. I'm walking in the walls and this is not working. But I can make a change if I just kind of turn things around. This doesn't have to become a failure. You know, this can actually become a springboard for growth. You know what I mean? And, and what we have to remember is that Peter took a shot at it. And for a while, he succeeded. So, yes, in a sense, Peter did fail. However, it's important to remember that there was 11 other failures that, that just sat there. So they were like complete failures, you know. They just sat there. They never even took a chance. And their failure was private, and it was without public ridicule. It was without little, pa- little Mexican pastors thousands of years later talking about them. No one, we're not even thinking about them. We're thinking about Peter, you know, because he took a chance. Only, only Peter knows what it feels, the, the public criticism of failure. But but also this, and this is what's most important, but only Peter also knows how it feels to actually walk on water because he, he's the one who took the chance. He's the one who took the chance. And only Peter knows what it feels like to experience being lifted up by Jesus in a moment of desperate need. Only he knew it because only he was the one who took the chance to fail. So Peter walked away with this great experience. Yeah, he fell. And I wish I could tell you differently, but I'm sure you're going to fall sometimes. I'm going to fall, you know. But what a beautiful thing when we can let that failure be a springboard for growth and when we can use that as an experience that draws us closer into the kingdom and closer to Christ. See, only Peter knew it. Because only Peter took the chance. So point number one, dream big, pray big, ask for bold things, but wait for God to do it. But once you get that go-ahead, once you get that green light, go for it. Go for it. 
Make sure you got the green light. Only you can know that. That's going to be between you and the Lord. But once you have it, go for it. Take a shot. Be bold. Walk on the water. It's huge. It's a huge thing. It's a huge concept for us to grasp. See, what I love about Jesus is his invitation. I was not born and raised in the church. Many of you know my story. You know, John knew me before I was even a Christian. And John used to be scared of me as a tiny little Mexican, even though he was taller than me. <laughs> but he, he knew. He knew. And I think that's, that's, that's awesome to have friends that last long and that, that know you kind of throughout your state. I wasn't, I wasn't born and raised in this at all. I had a praying mom. I had a family that was holiday Catholic. We went to church on Christmas and Easter. That was it. I grew up right down the road. I hung out in Quebec Terrace and Langley Park. That was my home. That's what I did. I was those little idiot kids that you see running. That was me causing trouble. I sold drugs. I did drugs. I ran with fools that you wouldn't wouldn't even understand. It was bad. Pastor Terry remembers. I was out there. And then I have this experience with Jesus, and there's like something so much greater than this that's better than money, that's better than girls, that's better than this community of like, you know, always having something to do on, a, on, a, you know, on the weekend, just always having like this, this crew. I mean, I like that. I really like that. But there's something so much better about Jesus when you hear this. Look, I came to give you life, like abundant life, not just halfway life, but just abundant life. And you guys know that feeling when you remember, when you, when you experience that. This is abundant living. This is abundant life. I feel full. I feel complete. When I stood and looked at my wife in the eyes and I said, I do, I felt complete. Brownie points. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? Anyone who's been married, you know that feeling. You know, or you know when you're just, maybe it's looking at a beautiful sunset and you're just like, Wow. Life is tough, but life is good. Life is good. Or, or even, even, you know, after my mom passed away, being able to go to my park and lift my hands and say, Jesus, I know it's not over. After seven years of battling with cancer, to see my mom on her bed, literally in a coma, couldn't, couldn't talk at all. And I asked her, Mama, just what's the most important name to remember? And she's there, and she says, Jesus, that is abundant life. And that's better than any of this other stuff. And so there's an invitation for us. Jake, I'm going to invite you to come on up. Caitlin, if you wouldn't mind getting ready. There's an invitation for us to get out of the boat, to take a chance. And I want to invite you to that once again. Maybe you have forgotten what it means to dream big. Maybe you've forgotten that God's grace is indeed amazing. Maybe you've lost your ambition to just keep on moving. But what's so beautiful about this text is that if you just obey, you trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. You've got to trust and you've got to obey. You've got you to do both. And maybe you've lost that. And you've, you've been focused on other things. Maybe you've focused on your past. And you've made some terrible decisions. And you feel judged. You feel like everywhere you go, there's this, even though it's not there. But there's this finger pointing. You're not, 
you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you're not pretty enough, or maybe you have some kind of addiction that keeps you down, that keeps you down. Maybe you have a fear that just grips you and keeps you from being who you want to be. I want you to hear this loud and clear today that Jesus is saying, come out that boat, man. Come out the boat. This, walking on water, symbolic of walking all over fear the gates of hell. He's just walking all over it. I'm I'm master of this stuff, man. And I want you to come out. You can do it too. It's amazing grace. Wherever life's journey is taking you, we hope you can find a home at Gateway Fellowship, a ministry of WGTS 91.9. We'd love for you to visit us sometime. Services happen each Saturday evening at 6. You can learn more about us and get more podcasts at mygatewayfellowship.com.